Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm not going to lie, this is my second attempt at recording this. The delightful delivery driver for Amazon came and knocked on my door and the dog went mad and I was five minutes in and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start again because it's disrupted me and I'm out my flow. So this is the second attempt. So I'm really pleased that you're listening Um, and today's episode I'm going to be discussing emotional eating. And I think it's a really common thing and it's a really big kind of broad topic. But I think it's probably one of the biggest reasons people struggle to lose weight or maintain their weight loss after the dieting phase. Because emotional eating is something that we all experience at some point or another. And in this episode, I'm going to try and give you some useful tips to help you begin your journey to managing your emotions better. And the reason I say journey is because it's a process. It's going to take time. It's not an overnight fix. And you're not going to implement one of these strategies or one of these tools and all of a sudden all your problems disappear. And you, you know, you never experience emotional eating again. That's not how it's going to go. It's not about trying to get rid of these problems or these negative emotions. We're going to go through peaks and troughs throughout our life we're not always going to be happy and sunshine and rainbows and I think a lot of the time people think to themselves once these problems disappear then I'll be able to make progress again but unfortunately most issues aren't going to go away overnight and there will be another life stress that crops up there will be something to do with work or it might be a financial stress or it might be your health or your family relationships whatever it is There will always be something, whether it's big or small, that has the potential to put obstacles or barriers in your way. And these are the challenging situations for you. And what it's actually about is learning to manage them, accept those negative thoughts and feelings, accept the situation and still act in a way that's beneficial despite feeling that negatively. And this is a practice, it is something that needs to be repeated and some of the tools and tips that I'm going to give you are going to take time and they're going to take effort and at some point if you start implementing some of these things you will wonder if you're actually making progress. There'll be moments where none of these tools are working or you've not even bothered to use these tools and you revert back into old habits and old ways of coping. That is pretty normal it's not just like weight loss it's not a linear um it doesn't happen in a linear fashion but stick with it like I said it is a skill and it's something that with practice you will make improvements and you will get better so the goal isn't to never feel the feelings I think that's a lot of what people think if I just stop feeling this way then I won't have to cope in that same way and that's not really what we are aiming to achieve. What we want to try and achieve is being able to accept those feelings and work through them without hitting that self-destruct button. Now I know you probably know what I'm talking about because we all hit that self-destruct button at some point or another and emotional eating usually is one of those reasons you know we emotional eating is usually kind of a byproduct of hitting that self-destruct button but what we want to try and do is learn to be more curious about what you're feeling and learn how to meet your needs in those moments with a more effective response and a lot of the time I think people get kind of stuck in like what's going to help me in this very moment 
what you know how, what can I do right now that's going to ease what I'm feeling and they often forget about the bigger picture and because of that and because we potentially use a uh, you know, we use a, an action or a response that doesn't really align with what we're trying to achieve in our life, we end up actually feeling worse in the long term. You know, those actions don't align with potentially the type of person we want to be or how we want to act or how we want to live our life. So I'm hoping that there's going to be lots of takeaways for you and practical tips. And if at any point you want to discuss this in more detail, please feel free to drop me a message on Instagram um, and reach out if there's stuff that you want to go through in a little bit more detail. So I think it's important that we start off by defining what emotional eating is because I want us to be both on the same page. So emotional eating is defined as eating due to feelings instead of hunger and it's the tendency to increase the amount of food we eat in order to modify negative emotional states and it's important here that I just point out we actually can we, we do use food to um, for positive states as well it's not all negative but for the purpose of this episode I'm just going to be talking about the way we use food to cope with negative emotions because I think that's a lot more common and it's potentially more problematic and it's potentially um, happens a lot more frequently so the reason we emotionally emotionally eat is down to a couple of things so firstly we might use it as a way to regulate our negative emotions. It can help to comfort and soothe us in times of distress and improve how we feel in the moment. So in the present, it helps in in that very moment. But this is often temporary and that's something that I'm going to explore um, as we go on. But the second reason that we might be using food is a way of avoidance. We aren't able to cope with the emotional stress. So instead of dealing with what we're actually feeling, we use food to numb or avoid it. Um, you know, if we're eating, we don't have to acknowledge what we're feeling. We can put the plaster over the issue. We can just comfort ourselves. Don't have to think about what's actually going on you know I can't deal with this so instead of exploring it I'm going to eat and take my mind off it distract myself and you know do something that brings me pleasure so they're usually the the kind of the the two main reasons that people will engage in emotionally eating and you might think to yourself you know what that's me I'm always trying to take my mind off what I'm feeling I'm always trying to numb it or you might say to yourself actually I'm the I'm so that person that instead of allow myself to feel it I want to do the opposite and make myself feel better and that's my coping mechanism so you might have a mixture of two they kind of cross over a little bit eating for reasons other than hunger is completely normal it's natural we all engage in it at some point or another and it's nothing to be ashamed of I do find that a lot of people that start to talk about emotional eating and their coping mechanisms and stuff they feel a lot of shame around it and I think partly because not a lot of people talk about it and partly because they think it says something about them and using food can help to ease feelings of discomfort and it does serve a purpose so it is I will say it is a valid coping mechanism and a tool that we can use to support our emotions however it does become problematic when it's the only tool you have available and you end up feeling worse because after you've engaged in emotional eating you experience feelings of guilt maybe um, low self-worth maybe some shame Um, and if that's something you're experiencing on like a regular basis and you're emotionally eating 
but then it's followed by even more negative feelings, you actually want to learn and start to explore some of the coping tools so that you can choose what's going to be right for you in that moment. You get a choice. And I think when we are stuck in that cycle and we we don't know how to break out of it, we almost feel like there is no choice, that we're just stuck here. Um, And so hopefully you will start to see, actually, I still have options. There's loads of things that I can start to do. And this isn't this isn't just me stuck in this moment yes i you know it's going to be hard but i can move forward so i want to break the kind of cycle down into four key stages and you'll be able to probably if this is something that you struggle with um you will probably be able to identify and relate to them so the first part of the first stage of the cycle is the the trigger so that trigger could be like an argument with a partner it could be an issue at work it could be something that you've seen on social media it could be a conversation with a friend whatever it is there is usually something that triggers how you then end up feeling so the next stage is that we have these thoughts and feelings that arise now that might be anger it might be frustration you might feel betrayed maybe you feel lonely vulnerable whatever it is so you have your trigger which is followed by thoughts and feelings and then the third part of that is followed by a behavior so the behavior especially for emotional eating usually involves food so you might then um, order a takeaway or you might eat lots of chocolate Um, and you'll engage in an activity to do with food and then the final kind of stage of this is that there's a consequence and don't get me wrong a consequence could be that you actually feel better and if so then that's quite a you know you can identify I that's actually quite a good coping mechanism for me but a lot of the time you the consequence is that you you're filled with guilt Uh, you regret it, you feel um, lots of shame around it and it may make you more agitated, it may make you act out in a certain way that's unlike you and so you can start to see that this this breaks down into four clear stages. So just as a bit of an example, um, it might be that um, you've been told by your boss that you're not working hard enough, so that's your trigger. You then feel angry and frustrated and they're your thoughts and feelings. So you decide to go to the shop on the way home, buy lots of tasty foods that you know make you feel good in the moment, that's the behavior, and then you eat all those foods, but because you feel so bad about coping in that way, you end up maybe snapping at your partner or getting into an argument with them, whatever it is, and there's your consequence. And you may be able to relate to that in some in some way shape or form or something similar you might be able to say yeah I can actually work through that now I I can identify whenever this happens I always feel like this and then I always go and do this and then I end up feeling like this and you can start to break it down and the problem is we can't necessarily avoid the triggers we don't have a lot of control over them there will be triggers from all sorts of things a lot of external factors that we don't really have much influence over and we don't want to what we don't want to do is put place all our focus and attention on trying to avoid them. Of course, like, we don't want to go looking for them or not prevent them from happening. You know, if we can prevent a, a trigger from happening, great. But a lot of the time we can't. And there will usually be something, even if we control for other things. So instead, we want to try and focus on managing our thoughts and feelings. So that is stage two. Changing our behaviours. That is stage three. And then the consequences for stage four. So that 
that all of that is more favorable and maybe uh, more in line with who you actually want to be. So what can we do? Well, you can create a toolbox of ways to deal with things so that in those moments you get to choose how you respond rather than automatically react. You can choose an effective way to manage your emotions without always turning to food and it just starts to give you a little bit of space. We can learn to listen and respond to what we actually need without trying to ignore um, or push away what we're actually feeling. And once you have these coping tools, you you get to you get to make the decision. You get to decide which one is going to be appropriate for you, and one might be more appropriate in a certain situation than another. And there's 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 lots of tools that we can use. But for today and in this episode, I'm just going to go through a couple of them so that you've got something you can start to implement straight away. And like I said, some of these tools may work for you more than others, but the main thing is that you give them enough time it's not going to click into place straight away if if this is something you've struggled with for years it's going to take time to start to undo that pattern and that routine and it's about practicing the skill not giving up at the first hurdle not giving up with that first uncomfortable feeling and if the first time you do some of these doesn't go as well as you'd hoped that's okay pick it back up try it again the next time because you know practice doesn't necessarily make perfect but it makes progress and that's what we're looking for have realistic expectations as well just understand that when you start to implement some of these tools it's it, it's not like a light switch where you can flick it on and all of a sudden everything's sorted you're never going to experience any of these feelings again and you're always going to cope in the best possible way you're human we all have a variety of ways of coping and this will hopefully give you some extra tools to help you do that. And also you want to make sure that you believe that this will work. This, a lot of the time we're kind of stuck in our own beliefs and our own experiences. And you might be thinking to yourself, you know what, I'm going to be stuck here dealing with this forever. Uh, there's no, I, I'm ju- this is just who I am. But have that belief that you can, you can start to make decisions that align with who you want to be. And you can start to improve your habits and improve your ways of coping whenever you feel ready to. So let's go through a couple of the the kind of tactics and tools that you can use. So the first thing you want to be able to do is identify and acknowledge what you're actually feeling. You want to be able to say, I feel X right now. So you, you might want, you know, I feel frightened or I feel rejected or I feel let down. Whatever, whatever you're feeling, you want to be able to identify it and acknowledge it. That is the first part. And you can Google something called a feelings wheel um, so that you've got more options because rather than just being kind of sad or angry, they're a bit generic. You can actually be a little bit more specific with the emotions and that way you're able to kind of pinpoint the exact thing you're feeling. And you, once you've kind of identified, you know what, yeah, I'm feeling let down, you want to then kind of either say that out loud to yourself or just write it down. Personally, I prefer to write it down, even if it's just notes on my phone. I think it just allows it to kind of be out in the open. But if you are at work or whatever, you might want to, um, you know, if you're busy and you don't really have time, you could just kind of say it out loud to yourself. 
So that's the first part. You're able to accurately identify your emotions. And this is something that I think people struggle with more than they realize before, especially, you know, I've had experiences of, you know, bouts of anxiety and things like that. And often, like, I just couldn't identify what it is that I was feeling. And once you start to open yourself up to different options and explore and think about it and be curious, you can actually start to acknowledge exactly what it is that you're feeling. So um, that's the first part. Then you want to create a list of maybe sort of six to 10 things that you know bring you joy. They make you happy or help you to relax or whatever. And you probably actually want to do this potentially before an emotional situation arises. So potentially before a trigger. So this could be something you do straight away after you've listened to this. And you want to make a list of sort of six to 10 things. And that could be things like calling a friend, taking a bath, cuddling your dog, journaling, painting, yoga, walking outside, watching an episode of Friends or whatever. You want to have six to 10 things that you know will bring you a little bit of joy, make you happy or help you to relax. And like I said, you probably wanna do this um, before you are experiencing negative emotions and have it so that it is written up. And then from there, you want to put this all together. So you have identified the trigger and then you want to try and select an activity that will help with that trigger. So it, it will sound something like this. I feel X because of Y, therefore I need Z. So in that situation, you have clearly identified how you feel. You have also identified what the trigger was. So you're aware of what was the thing that kind of made you start to feel this way. And then you've also come up with an alternative activity that is going to, um, that is going to help you in the long term. So that may look like I feel frustrated with, I feel frustrated because uh, my boss it, thinks that I'm not working hard enough. Therefore, I need to call my best friend and vent. And you have been able to just kind of break it down into a few little chunks before you decide to do anything. And you can do this, you can plan this ahead of time. I know that when I feel lonely, calling a friend helps. I know that when I feel overwhelmed, getting outside in nature helps me calm down. I know that when I am stressed out, I know that going and cuddling my dog just helps to kind of calm me down and soothe me a little bit. So you almost want to preempt it and plan for the future. Um, so yeah, what you've been able to do there is acknowledge your emotions, acknowledge what you're experiencing, change the behavior to something more positive and helpful. And the outcome of that is that you often end up feeling better. It's more beneficial in the long term as well as in the short term. And the trigger's still there, like your your boss hasn't like taken back what they've said, but you've been able to change the pattern that follows. And you're now actually choosing a helpful response as opposed to something that could potentially be damaging, especially if it's the same response every single time. So that is the first thing you can do. Identify how you feel and have a list of alternative activities that you can implement when you when you do feel whatever kind of emotion it is that you're feeling. Another thing you can do, and I've spoken about this on the snacking podcast, so if you haven't listened to that one, I'd recommend going back and having a listen. But this technique is about learning to take a pause and it's often the hardest thing it is really tough to create a pause between the urge and the response and it can often feel really really strong 
and overpowering. So this will take practice. But what it will allow you to do, if you are able to take that pause, it will prevent you from having that automatically automatic response to a stimulus or your trigger. So what you want to do is when that urge arises to reach for food, you 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 know maybe you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed or whatever and you start to feel that urge coming up that's saying go and go and eat something um take your mind off it don't don't explore what you're feeling let's just go and kind of numb ourselves um so once that urge arises you want to try and give yourself a bit of distance before you act so what you could do is set a timer for five to ten minutes and if it's the first time you're doing it and you've never tried this before start with just five minutes and then you can kind of build it up over time the next time try seven minutes then the next time after that ten minutes and so on and eventually you can pause for longer and longer with the more practice that you get it is get at this um within that pause so let's say you've set your timer for five minutes within that pause you're going to practice some deep breathing and box breathing can be a really simple but effective tool so i'm going to kind of just talk you through it so you can imagine in your head so imagine there's a box it has four sides obviously um you're going to start at the top of the box and you're going to breathe in for four seconds and you're going to kind of move along the top of the box then you're going to work your way down the box holding your breath as you come down the box and then so that's down the right hand side and then along the bottom you're going to breathe out for four seconds working your way to the other side and then working back up the left side you're going to hold your breath until you reach the top and then you're going to do the whole thing again so you're going to breathe in for four seconds hold your breath for four seconds breathe out for four seconds hold your breath for four seconds and you're going to keep working around this box maybe for sort of five to ten rounds of it in total and try and just imagine that box in your head so that you are being present and uh, being mindful in what you're doing and after you're then going to ask yourself what do I need right now in this moment what is it I truly need is it food or is it something else if it's food and maybe you are actually just genuinely hungry then you want to eat but if it's something else you want to be able to identify what actually would help in this situation. You know, if you're tired, then maybe it's a nap that you need or an early night or, you know, if you are um, stressed, maybe you actually just need to get outside. If you're angry, maybe you just need to call a loved one and just allow them to kind of calm you down. Whatever it is, you're able to kind of um, identify what it is you actually need in that moment. And after the timer goes off, so after that five minute timer that you set goes off, you may still actually want to engage in emotional eating and that's absolutely fine, but you've made that first step. So you've given yourself a pause between the urge and response. And like I said, over time that can increase in length and um, it can start to, you can start to all of us, you know, before you know it, you're waiting 20 minutes and potentially once you get to a certain time, that feeling completely dies down and you're able to engage in something that is way more beneficial. Um, so yeah, that is the second one, that box breathing, pausing before you react straight away. And then the last technique that you can use is called choice point. Um, 
for this, you want to have already worked out your values and already kind of explored that. So I have an episode on this previously. So if you're unsure about your values or unsure why it's it's good uh, and, and beneficial to do, please go back and listen to that one. But basically, when we have a challenging situation arise, such as an emotional trigger or um, difficult thoughts and emotions, in that moment, you have a choice. You can either do something that's in alignment with your values and move you towards the kind of outcome that you want, the life that you want. Or you can choose to do something that moves you away from your values and moves you further away from the type of person you want to be. So let's say you've worked out your values and one of your values is self-care. In that moment where you feel that urge arise and you want to engage in emotional eating, you can look at your choices. So you have two choices. You have one choice, which is something that allows you to align, um, something that allows you to um, be in alignment with your values and something that doesn't. So what actions would allow you to align with the value of self-care if a challenging situation occurred? Maybe that would be taking a bath or journaling or walking outdoors. So you've got a clear kind of this, if I did this, it would take me towards my values. And then on the other side, you can think, okay, what actions would take me away from my value of self-care? And that might be eating lots of calorie-dense foods um, that, you know, don't make you feel good in the long term. Or it might be calling yourself names and, you know, beating yourself up. That's not self-care. So you can see there, you have these two options. You can either um, make a choice that is in alignment with your goals or make a choice that is not in alignment with your, sorry, your values. And it can be really beneficial to actually just write these down. This choice takes me towards the direction I want to be heading in. And this choice takes me away from the direction I want to be heading in. And just give yourself a moment to explore your options. Again, this is about stopping that automatic response. And you can then make an informed decision. Actually, you know what? This this doesn't align with my values, but I'm still going to do it anyway. You have still owned that decision and owned that choice. You have not just engaged in it without even thinking through it. So that is the third one. Choice point, thinking about your values, what actions would align with those values and what actions wouldn't align with those values. And a lot of these, you know, the kind of three that I've just gone over, work in combination with each other. You know, they all require a bit of a pause. They all require some kind of... um, exploration of what you're actually feeling but just potentially just start out with one maybe the first step is just being able to identify what you're actually feeling maybe you've never been able to kind of put things into words and you've always tried to bury your feelings or you've always tried to kind of run away from it if so just identifying them might be actually a really great place to start so I'm going to leave it there because it's been a bit heavy and I think there's probably a lot that you're trying to just digest at the moment and you might think yeah actually you know what I just want to go away and start implementing some of these I just want to finish off by saying that even if you do engage in some of these behaviors um, and you do try to use some of these tools and techniques you may still um, revert to emotional eating after trying a few of them don't feel like a failure you've implemented something that you've probably never done before. And so actually that's a a really big success. You've actually been able to stop that automatic response. And gradually, the more you practice the skill of coping, the better you'll get. 
And so if you do decide that you've tried one of them and you still engage in emotional eating, well, you've started the first, you've kind of got the ball rolling initially by using one of these strategies and tools. Um, so as I said at the start, emotional eating is a valid coping tool. You just don't want it to be the only one you use and the only one you use in every situation and scenario. And if it is something that always brings about shame or you feel really guilty for it, then you definitely do want to start to explore some of these other options and alternatives. So I hope you found this episode useful and there's things in here that you feel you can start to implement straight away. Please share it on your stories and tag me, I would love that. Or share it with a friend if you know someone who is struggling with this or they've spoken to you about it, I'd really appreciate it if you could kind of share it with them as well. And if you feel like you'd like some more support with this or you want to find out a little bit more about online coaching and how it all works, please don't hesitate to drop me a message on Instagram. We can chat a bit more. Um, But for now, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've got something out of this and have a great day and I'll catch you on the next episode.